Awesome. So I'd like to share tonight on the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom. I'm super excited about this because God dropped this into my spirit very vividly, and I believe it has the power to change your life. I believe it has the power to change my life. It's really interesting because God was actually speaking to me about two subjects today, and I was getting really confused. Actually, all week. The spirit of boldness and might, and also the spirit of wisdom. And I wasn't sure which one he wanted me to preach on, so I was getting ready on both of them. And I'm like, which one is it, God? And then this afternoon, early this afternoon, he told me what he was doing. He said to me, he said, I want you to preach on the spirit of wisdom because that's the one that people need first. He said the problem with many people is that they major on boldness and might and they run into things without getting wisdom. And he said that's something that people need to actually get right round the right way. Amen? Watch a lot of people run boldly off saying things that God said and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, "Mm -mm. well, I'm not invited to speak here, so I'm going to sit back and watch the show. And actually, the most important thing you could do is get wisdom. Because wisdom will cause your life to be engineered and architected by God. It'll cause good things to take place. And it'll cause his ideas to be walked out sensibly in your life rather than your ideas that you think are sensible and my ideas that I think are sensible being walked out in foolishness. Okay, so what I'd like to talk about real quick here is what is wisdom. Wisdom, I got a little definition. I don't often do that, but I felt like I needed to do it tonight. The quality of having experience, knowledge, good judgment, and even insight producing Good judgment in a matter and being wise. Wisdom. That's just on a natural level, having experience and insight. Now, the spirit of wisdom is actually something a little bit more dynamic than what we know to be wisdom on this level. The spirit of wisdom is actually a spirit. Now, it can get a little confusing because you start hearing about the seven spirits of God and that wisdom is a spirit. And does that mean wisdom is a person? What I want you to do, we're going to make it real simple so we can understand. If I'm wise in something when I'm doing something during my day, well, let's let's use Jeff because otherwise it sounds like I'm talking about me. (laughs) If, If Jeff is doing something in his business and it's very tricky or an intricate thing that he has to walk out, then he's not going to operate in a foolish or flippant uh, mindset. He's going to become pinpoint focused and he is going to get all the information he needs, and he is going to proceed with wisdom. And so that is Jeff operating in wisdom. Does this make sense? So wisdom is a spirit, or we could look at it this way. It is a characteristic of God. Just to make it simple, otherwise we can get lost in the the stratosphere of like the spirit realm, and like everyone gets weirded out. So we'll just make it look like that. Wisdom is a characteristic of God. Now, there's a difference between God's wisdom and our wisdom, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But I want to talk about it like that. It is one of the seven spirits of God, but I want to keep it simple so we can grasp this. Now, if you have your Bibles, we're going to do a lot of Scripture reading tonight because we've got some ground to cover. I'm going to go through some stuff, and then I'm going to give you eight keys at the end of my message on how you can obtain wisdom in your life from God, this kind of wisdom that I'm talking about. I am going to be in hot pursuit of more wisdom for the rest of my life because I'm going to tell you this. Wisdom is not something you obtain. Wisdom is infinite, which means you'll never get the the sum of all wisdom. That means there's always room for more. Everything about God is infinite. 
You can't get, oh, I've got wisdom on that. It just keeps opening up new doors down the hallway, so to speak. It's endless. God is amazing like that. So that means that you can't contain God just in the realm of wisdom. He's just infinite. Okay, so let's go, please, to Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, which is known as the wisdom book in the Bible. And I'm going to read the entire chapter. Proverbs chapter 8. It's like, oh, no, he's reading the entire chapter. Yeah, absolutely. That should be commonplace in your life. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 1. Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? Now, you'll notice that wisdom is talked about like a person, and wisdom actually is talking here. Okay, Verse 2. She takes up her stand on the top of the high hill besides the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates at the entry of the city and at the entrance of the doors. To you, O oh men, now just stop right there for a second. When it talks about men here, you ladies don't need to turn off. It's talking about you too. Men is mankind, okay? To you, O oh men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men, daughters of men. O oh, you simple ones, understand prudence. Prudence is a word that we don't really use too often these days, but it basically means cautious and smart operation of something that you know to do. That's what prudence means. And you fools be of an understanding heart. Now, stop right there. This is where most people turn off. You simple ones and you fools. Oh, that's not me. Well, let me just tell you this. If you don't have wisdom, then you're foolish. So we just all said that we can grow in wisdom. That means there's elements of our lives that have a little bit of foolishness and need more wisdom. Does that make sense? So all this here applies to us. Anytime wisdom is on offer, your foolishness can decrease and wisdom can grow. Does that make sense? Because anyone who thinks that they are the master of information and the master of the right answer is a fool. Because there's only one person that can claim that, and his name's God. That's not me, that's not you, so we might as well say, okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not so smart, God's really smart. I'm going to listen to what God says. Okay, so now that we've got that cleared up. So basically what we're saying right here is that this message applies to every person in this room, myself included. So I am preaching to the choir. Awesome, cool, awesome. Verse six, listen, for I will speak of excellent things and from the opening of my lips will come right things for my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. Wisdom hates evil. Wisdom hates foolishness because wisdom is actually a very, very serious characteristic of God. It's a characteristic that doesn't play. It doesn't get goofy. It is dead set focused on doing something right. Hello. We all need more wisdom. Amen. Because we can become so flippant and casual about the way that we play our lives out that we can actually miss the very plan of God and think it's okay. And wisdom's trying to get you to the plan of God all the time. Constantly trying to get you to the plan of God. Okay. Verse 8. All my words in my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. Now, that, that, that verse right there should actually get all of us to straighten up a little bit. Because all of us have, you know, unclean lips. Can I say it like that? Okay. Some of you are saying, no, I don't. Well, yes, you do, actually. Because you have some areas to grow in. Have you ever let, like, a loose statement slip out of your mouth? Have you ever, like, talked flippantly to someone? Have you ever said something that you know you shouldn't have? Well, good, that's you. That's me. All of us there, myself included. Okay? No condemnation here. We're all in the same boat. I'm just trying to get us to the place where we all have to place a demand on wisdom because if you don't think you need wisdom, then you're going to stay a fool. It's really that simple. Verse 9, they are all plain to him who understands and write to those who find knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than riches or rubies. And all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. Okay, verse 10, I'm going to read it again. Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. 
You know, we live in a generation right now, it's called a get-rich-quick generation. If there is a scheme, people jump in it. If there is something to jump on board to make your life easier, before people find out all the facts, they've already signed up their name. This is what it's talking about. Because there's a lot of people that will be quick to jump on board with stuff and not actually look for wisdom. Hello, this is all of us. We've all done it. Everyone's going, I can think of that one thing, at least one thing that we've all done. And so wisdom is a spirit that will actually cause you to begin to think and operate your mechanisms of the way you walk out your life differently than the way you have in your past. We all need this because here's the thing. God's actually looking for all of us to become wise. Why? Because he's wise. And he says, be like me. He said, be holy for I am holy, right? We know that scripture. The thing is, is that holiness encompasses wisdom. You get that? Okay. Verse 12. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discernment. I'm just going to read this real quick because... I want us to get this here, and it's a good foundation for what we're doing. Verse 13, I want you to pay attention to this one. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance, and the evil way, and the perverse mouth I hate. All that there right there is not wisdom. It's not smart to be those things. Counsel is mine, and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign, and rulers decree justice. Now, just stop right there for a second. I want, I want to say something that might, to you at first, sound a little controversial. Jesus said that we were kings and priests. Is that right? He called us kings and priests. Okay, so one of the titles of Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let me ask you a question. Which are the kings on the second and the Lord on the second half of those two statements? Who are they? King of who? Kings. Kings. Which kings? Lord of which lords? You. Well, that doesn't, I don't really feel it. Well, hello, wake up. You're in a royal priesthood. You are grafted into the throne of heaven. Now we're talking about you. You're going to rule and reign with him. Hey, listen, only a king can rule and only a king can reign. So who are you? So by, look, look at this, verse 15, by me, kings reign. Now, is that going to be, is this Jesus giving you instructions for how you're going to live in heaven? Nope. He's talking about how you're living right now. By me, Kings reign, and rulers decree justice. That's you. Okay? Lord, in that time, was actually a political status like a king. Okay? It's not necessarily like a god, even though it goes both ways. Does that make sense? So you are the king under the king. You are the Lord under the Lord. Does that make sense? You are here. Little Jesus is walking around, so you better behave like it. Because it gets a little bit more weighty now, doesn't it? Because actually you're not here to be a fool. That's why we talk pretty straight here because it's like, listen, you, you are literally here to save the world like Jesus did. Because he said, as I am, so are you. Right? Which means we need to step up our game. So if the world looks at you and sees you acting like a fool, why would they envy you? If the world looks at you saying God said and then watches you just having an up and down like yo-yo life because you wouldn't listen to wisdom because you thought you were more intelligent, and that your wisdom was greater, why would they want to have what you have? This makes sense. I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad because we've all messed up. But what I'm trying to do is I'm going to try and provoke you tonight to go after wisdom. Because wisdom will make your life better. He is a person, Holy Spirit, engrafted into the character of God. That's why in this chapter it's referring to wisdom speaking as a person. Because it is one of the natures of God being expressed. God does nothing foolishly, although his wisdom does seem foolish to man. 
That's because we're foolish and we can't even understand it. Does that make sense? God's told me to do things sometimes. I'm like, that can't even be you, God. I must be listening to the devil. This is crazy. God keeps confirming. I walk down the road a little bit more. Oh, that was God. You see, God's right. I'm not. So I just wanted to clarify that, that everyone here is a king. And if you're listening, you're a king under the king of kings and you're a lord under the lord of lords and you need to act and behave like it. Okay, and wisdom will cause you to be recognized as a son or a daughter of heaven. Does that make sense? Okay, now let's go on to the next one, verse 16. By me princes rule and nobles all the judges of the earth. I love those who love me. In other words, I'm good to those that value me. If you value wisdom, wisdom will be good to you. And those who seek me diligently will find me. Wisdom is not just for the elite. Wisdom is for all. Okay, that means that you can find, what he's saying there is that the wisdom of God is not impossible to find. If you seek diligently, you'll have it. I used to pray because I was young, I was in my early 20s, and I realized that I was young. I thought I knew everything, but I knew that I didn't really know everything. So I started praying multiple times every day for years. God, make me wise. God, give me wisdom. God, please, I ask you for your wisdom. Let me be wise. Because I started to realize that some of the decisions I had made that I thought looked good didn't end up well. And sometimes it takes us crashing and falling on our face and grazing our knee a few times to realize that we're not as smart as we've told the rest of our world. And then we start crying out for the wisdom of God. Okay, let's carry on. I love that those that love me and those that diligently seek me will find me. Riches and honor are with me. Now look at this. It said at the beginning of this chapter not to get rubies and, and gold, but to go after wisdom. But what it's actually telling you is if you do that, you'll get all the gold anyway. This right here, this, this scripture right here destroys everyone that believes poverty is of God. Because what they're saying is, I don't believe I need the spirit of wisdom. And because of that, I don't need any money. I'll leave that right there. Anyways, we'll just, we'll just hang that out there. And if anyone wants to pick that up and eat it, that you can have it. Then look at this, enduring riches and righteousness. Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. A fool will go to something that looks good in the moment. It'll fall through his fingers like sand. But when wisdom blesses you, it's enduring. Come on, somebody. Verse 19, my fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. What wisdom gets you is better than all the money in the world. You make a good decision, you start to like live a certain way, it starts to feel real good. There's no struggle, there's no strive, you don't have to hustle, you're not being a Jacob trying to swindle people. No, it's blessed. That's what the blessing of God looks like. It's smart to have wisdom, if I can say it like that. Okay, verse 20. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the path of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth. Oops. There's that blessing thing happening again. Well, that's got to be a good thing, right? By the way, that's not just monetary wealth. That's all kinds of wealth. For instance, if you eat healthy, you have a healthy body. You inherit wealth because you are wise. If you invest wisely, you'll get good returns. You increase what you have monetarily because you are wise with your investing. Does that make sense? If you find good friends and invest in them and then you're blessed back through the friendship, you have great relationships because you were wise and you invested wisely and you're living out of that benefit. It's right across every facet of your life. In the midst of the path of justice, verse 21, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. God's desire is to fill you, not just to touch you with blessing, is to fill up your bank account, is to fill up your love tank, whatever that might look like. Okay, now verse 22, watch this. The Lord possessed me, the Lord owned me, the Lord um, had me 
at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting from the beginning before there was ever an earth. So when we're talking about God's wisdom, we're not talking about the wisdom that's been developed and labeled as smart on earth. We're talking about wisdom that actually is outside of the existence of the earth. God's wisdom. That's the stuff we need to go after because that causes you to be blessed. I want to paint a picture for you. I'm going to stop this for just a second. I want to paint a picture. There was a man called King David who had two sons. One of his sons is known as the wisest man that ever lived. His name was Solomon. King Solomon. You've probably heard of him. He had another son born from the same man called Absalom. And Absalom was a fool because he ended up gathering an army and going against his father and losing his own life. Two sons from the same man one went with wisdom and one went with earthly wisdom. He thought he could do something and he didn't. We need to obtain the wisdom of heaven. The, the reason that you know about Solomon is because Solomon gave an offering to the Lord. I've talked about it before. He gave an off, a, a notable offering to God on the first day that he was crowned king. That night, God visits him in his bedroom and says, ask me whatever you want and I'll give it to you. And he didn't ask for money like we learn about here. He asked for wisdom. And he became one of the wealthiest men that ever lived as well. Okay, so let's carry on. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting from the beginning before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world. Now we're going back a little bit. The clock's just been rewound pretty good. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. Now watch this. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, what that actually looks like is the universe was God's palette and God said, there's earth. Now there is a school of thought that I'm sure you've heard of called the world is flat. Remember that one? That's stupid wisdom. When right here, they could have gone to the book and found out that it was round. Do you get what I'm saying? Dumb. And this was written, you know, thousands of years before those bright individuals came up with their idea that it was a flat piece of cardboard with everyone living on top like some kind of monopoly game. But the greatest minds of that time all agreed that the world was flat. You've got to realize that you've got to be careful which common stream or which popular stream you're in agreement with. Because God's wisdom is outside of popularity. The cross is testament to that. Because it was the greatest act of wisdom when God let his own son be crucified to redeem every person in this room and then every person that's ever lived, while the whole world thought it was a joke. So your idea of wisdom and my idea of wisdom might be different than God's idea of wisdom. And that's why we need to go to the source and seek him out. Now, we're here to be wise, not fools. And we're here to grow into wisdom and away from the things that cause us to have damages and suffering in our lives. Foolishness always leads to regret, always. Man, I wish I had have invested in that property. Man, I wish I had have been kind to that one person. Man, I wish, did it, I wish, I wish. You can go to the ICU or the wards in the hospital where people are on their deathbeds and you can go and ask them, you'll hear just regret. And you know where it all came from? Earthly wisdom. That's where it all came from. Okay, so I need to keep moving because I'm a preacher and I'll just start going off on a tangent. Okay, verse 28. When he established the clouds above and when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, uh, when he assigned the sea to its limit so that the waters could not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman. God's 
nature, his spirit of wisdom is literally like your advisor as a king. You know, you see those movies where like the king or even the president of our time, they have all these advisors around them. You need, when you're faced with stuff, you need to stop leaning on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. That's this kind of wisdom that we're talking about here. Make sense? Because it's going to cause you to get it right. And it's going to cause you to actually come in line with what God has actually planned. See, one of the big problems that we're facing here is that there's been a huge belief system in the church that people believe that God wants you to do anything you want. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that that's true? When we know in Jeremiah 29.11, God says, hey, I'm not confused. I'm not of two minds. I know the thoughts I have towards you. They are plans, blueprints, dreams for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope, to prosper you and not to harm you. So what God's actually saying is, I've got this map with this waypoint of over your life, and you have to come to me and find out where the next destination is. You just can't see it, but I've designed perfection over your life. Will you come and ask me for wisdom? Will you come and ask me for direction? That's what he's saying. So wisdom is the master craftsman that will advise you on how to succeed. Okay, and I was his daily delight, rejoicing. Do you know why wisdom was God's daily delight? Because everything God did was perfect. Everything. God did this, and he was pleased. God did this, and he was pleased. God made that, and he was pleased. Wisdom caused God to be perfect. One of, one of the attributes in his creation, not the person of God, but what he did. Okay, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his, in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Now, wisdom's now speaking to each one of us, kings and priests. For blessed are those who keep my ways, hear instruction and be wise. Now, can I just stop and say something here for a second? Hear instruction and be wise means you hear instruction and you adhere to it. You don't have an opinion about it. You don't start to critique it. You actually hear God's wisdom and you start taking things on board. One of the big problems today, and Bex referred to it last week, especially with the generation that's up and coming right now, is that everyone has the ability and the desire to want to argue and critique everything that's taught and said because nobody trusts anything. Well, the problem is, is that if you're doing that to people and to leaders that God's put in your life, then you are most definitely doing it to God and you are not listening to the spirit of wisdom. Let that settle in. Because the way you treat people is the way you treat God. The MO that you've created to question everything means that tells me that you're quick. Now, it's not, I'm not saying don't question stuff. You need to be smart, but you need to make sure it's the spirit of wisdom. One of the ways you do that is you, is you really get good on this book and it starts, stuff starts lining up. See, really what that looks like is I'm trusting in my own understanding. I'm leaning on my own wisdom. I'm not listening to anyone else, especially God. Even though we say, I worship you, almighty God, there's none like you. Does this make sense? Thank you, God. Okay. Hear instruction and be wise. Now, here's the next little line that I love. And do not disdain it. This generation needs to get the scripture and tattoo it on their forehead. Now, I'm, I'm totally dead serious. Hear instruction, be wise, and do not disdain it. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm going to go and do my research. Oh, I don't know about that. I, I heard something else down the road. Oh, I don't know about that. I, I'm not sure about that. Da, 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 da. And then you just watch this whole evolution of like, okay, well, let, that's great that you've got an opinion, but let me step back and have a look at the wisdom outplaying in your life. Let me watch how you've managed your finances. Let me watch how you've managed your relationships. Let me watch how your life has progressed and developed. And let me look at the fruit of your life and the way that you've grown. Oh, yeah, I don't want to follow you. But if you want to get wisdom, it might change the way that looks. 
Does that make sense? Not trying to put anyone down here, but I want us to actually get a reality check because wisdom will cause every person in this room to grow and to prosper and to succeed. Here, here's a real good one. If you want to marry a girl someday, guys, girls, if you want to marry a guy someday, you need to be real wise in the way that you actually, especially in the the first few encounters, how you communicate with that person. Because the way you carry yourself, and see, if you notice when I said, hey, does anyone want to come to this this three nights of, of finance? Everyone's putting their hands up. Yeah, of course, I want to grow. I want to get money, but I don't want to invest into my spirit. I'm just going to call it out. Isn't that funny? Because we've become master critiques. And we think that if I fix my money, then everything else will be right. No, it's not true. If you get your wisdom right, everything else will come right. That's why he said, seek me and not money. God wants all of it to be blessed. Okay, so now listen to me, my children, and be blessed for those who keep my ways. Hear instruction, be wise, do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting for, at my post of my doors. Forever who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord, and he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. So if you go against wisdom, all you're going to do is hurt yourself. It's really that simple. Do you notice that it says, he who sins against wisdom, so basically it's actually wrong to know what know what right to do and not do it. That's what the Bible says. Sin is knowing what's right to do and not doing it. So that's one thing. So you're sinning against God, and then you're also sinning against yourself. Okay, and those who, who hate me love death. I don't want that in my life. I want wisdom. Okay, so you guys ready? Now that we've laid that foundation, you guys ready? Let's do this. I know that this has taken a while. But now we're going to go somewhere. Okay, what... What wisdom does not do, we need to get that straight real quick because if there's areas in our lives where we've been operating in something opposite of wisdom, aka foolishness, we need to get that stuff straightened up. Come with me, please, to the book of Isaiah. It's actually this way. Verse 11. Isaiah verse 11. Sorry, Isaiah chapter 11, sorry, and verse 1. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. There shall come forth a rod. Now, this is prophesying about the son of Jesse. Sorry, about about the Son of God coming, um, Jesus. There shall come forth of a, a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Watch this. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might. See, notice might came second, and wisdom came first. Before we put all our, our – there's another scripture that says this, that zeal without wisdom is foolishness. I like that scripture. I bound that one to my neck when I was young. Zeal without wisdom is foolishness. An amazing attribute that youth have is that they have so much zeal that they don't know what to do with it. And that's why young people love to attach themselves to campaigns and causes. The problem is, is they don't have the wisdom to make sure they're connecting with the right thing. And so what happens is in a lot of cases, people end up in foolishness, which is disaster or they burn themselves out, or they get themselves into a place where something really unhealthy has taken place. So there's a balance where if you can connect all your zeal with wisdom, you're going to see amazing things happen. That's why you hear old people say, if only I had all your youth. They're talking about your zeal and your energy. The spirit of counsel and might and the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, which we all know is the beginning of all wisdom. Now watch this, verse 3. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, which we know is the root or the foundation of wisdom. Now watch this. He shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Right there is foolishness. If you judge by what you think you can see and what you think you can hear, you've just completely left the path of wisdom. 
Wisdom looks like this. I think I see something, and I think I hear something, God, but what is it that you're trying to tell me? What do I need to know in this situation? For, wisdom doesn't judge by what he sees and what you hear. This is, this is why people get offended so easy. is because they're so busy judging by what they think they see and what they think they hear. Have you ever heard like a five-year-old saying, I've never done this in my whole life? And you look at them and you're like, five, your life hasn't even started yet. Sometimes we're like that. In all my experience, in all my 17 years, I have the perfect judgment to make the call here. Yeah, it's your first rodeo. How's that going to work out? Hello? Because here's the thing. If you think that your eyes are equipped to help you see what only the Spirit can show you, you're a fool. If you think your ears can judge what your neighbor is telling you, that only God can speak to you, you're a fool. That's called walking by sight and by hearing and not by faith. That's why the scriptures say that we don't walk by, by sight or by hearing, we walk by faith. Your, your walk is not determined on what you think you see and what you think you hear. So many times, who, who's walked into situations before? Let, let, let me just relieve you. I'll tell you that there's been so many situations in my life, particularly when I was younger, but it still happens. You can never fully get away from it because we're human. We're, we're broken. But there's been situations where I've looked at something and I'm like, I can see exactly what's going to happen here and this is exactly what I'm going to do. This is awesome. And I've like put all my, put all my chips in, so to speak, and then life played out and I was like, dude, I didn't even see that coming. Because see, the thing is, is that the enemy loves to set traps for us, doesn't he? And he loves to get us offended with other people's offenses. He loves to try and detour us. He loves to distract us. He loves to come up to a person that has a divine relationship that hasn't fully tapped in yet and bring an offense. He loves to say, hey, what about this opportunity and try and take you off the trail? That's called walking by hearing and sight and not by the spirit. You are going to crash and burn if you don't have God's authentic opinion. Okay, that's the end of that scripture. So that would be a really good one to stop and learn. Isaiah 11, 1 through 3. Wisdom does not decide based on senses, if you're taking notes. Second point, wisdom does not fight the truth. Notice here it says, oh, it's actually in the next scripture we're going to go to. Wisdom does not actually fight the truth. Oh, that hurt my feelings. Well, was it the truth? Oh, I don't like the way that came across. Well, was it the truth? Because here's the thing, someone that truly this is, this is what it says in Proverbs. I love the scripture, and it hurt. it's one of those scriptures where you love it, but you kind of hate it too. A wise man loves rebuke. What the heck? I don't like being told I'm wrong. Yeah, I actually do like being told. When I was younger, I really didn't like it. You know why? Because with youth comes a lot of ego. Life has a way of beating that out of you. Let me just let you know right now, if you're under 30, 40 years old, it's coming. Because here's the thing, is that we start off thinking that we've got everything dialed in. But actually, we don't have a clue what we're doing. When truth comes, that actually confronts something that we've concluded that, you know, this is exactly how it should be, and it confronts our world, we have the ability to fight or humble ourselves. Someone that is pursuing wisdom, this wisdom that we're talking about here, this, the, the wisdom of God, will actually invite that in. Please come in and sit at my table and explain to me how I'm wrong. I need to know. Because if I'm wrong, I need to change. I couldn't be still right, but I just want to hear you. I'm not going to attack you. I'm not going to write you off. I want to hear you. I have men that are like 30 to 40 years older than me. And they'll come to me, heavyweights. I would class them as heavyweights in the kingdom, personally. 
And that's who fathers me. And I say, look, if you see anything, please tell me. But here's the thing. I have to give them permission to do that. While you've got all your facade up and you're like being fake and giving fake answers and you're pushing people away and you're distancing yourself and unplugging from people, no one can help you. While you're loudly telling everyone, this is what I'm doing, no one's going to stop you. Everyone's watching you, just so we all know. Everyone's watching going, well, I hope that works out. No one's going to tell you because you've made it such a strong, bold statement of what you're going to do that no one can challenge that. No one can. God can't even. He's too much of a gentleman to challenge you. We need to get that because God respects sovereignty so much. And if you think I'm wrong, then you tell me this. Why didn't he step in when the serpent was speaking to Eve? Why didn't God show up with a sword? Why didn't one of the angels come in to defend Eve? Because God respects your sovereignty far too much. And he respects your decision making far too much. He wants you to make the right decision. That's why Jesus would constantly say, hey, I set before you life and death. Please choose the right one. But I'm not going to force you. That's why tonight, Spirit of Wisdom, you can choose what you want. You can carry on thinking that you have it together. Or you can humble yourself and say, God, I need you. God, I need truth. I need wisdom. This might really hurt me, God. But you know what? What's going to hurt worse is if I think I can have this my own way. Because the train wreck will be far more than a little bit of being humbled right now and getting, having to adjust my heart and maybe changing my way of thinking. Honestly, guys, it's the better way. Because the other way, it, 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 looks really, it looks like it's got it together. We're going to go there in just a second, but it's going to hurt you real bad. Is this okay? Good. We need, to, we need to get this stuff. Last thing. Wisdom will walk in love. Can I tell you? Everyone's like, oh, that's awesome. I was waiting for you to talk about love. I thought it was all about truth and no love. Listen. Love is actually going to kill you more than any other thing in the scriptures. Real love is going to actually hurt you more than anything else. What do you mean? Love is gentle. It's kind. Yeah, love isn't selfish. Love isn't proud. Love is patient. Love is long-suffering. What about those parts of love? And we want to talk about those? Because wisdom will actually let others go first. Wisdom will actually let God be king of your life. You see, love is actually an amazing thing like that is that actually it will crucify you. Because it wasn't, it wasn't courage that put Jesus on the cross, it was his love. For God so loved. So we need to realize that love is not something to hide behind. Love's actually going to crucify you. You can take that or leave it. Let's just go back over to Proverbs real quick. I'm actually doing all right. We're going to be at how to get wisdom in just a bit. We need this kind of stuff. We've got too many people telling us we can take over the world and not enough people telling us to slow down. Because if you slow down, you'll get it faster. Proverbs chapter 17, this is what the scriptures say. It's verse 28. That even a fool who holds his tongue is considered wise. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. The problem is, is that people think they look smart talking a lot. But the wisest people, the people that become the wisest, aren't necessarily the most intelligent guys. So if you say, well, I don't feel like I'm like the most smart person in the room. Good, this is the, you're the perfect person to get the wisdom of God. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. You can become so wise by simply listening to wise people. Can I also say this? You can become incredibly wise by being quiet and watching fools. This is what the Bible says, and also in Proverbs, I don't have the reference for you right now. It says, strike a scoffer. And even fools become wise. When you see the outcome of someone's life that goes wrong, you learn from that. It's better that you learn from someone else's foolishness than your own if you can help it. It's called a, it's called a, a free coupon. 
Because when you learn, I mean, there's moments in my life that I have learned personally and it has cost me a great deal and it's been very painful, but I can tell you I value those principles more than any other theory that I've been taught by anyone else. I own those things. So if you can help it, learn by watching others and learn by listening. When you close your mouth and listen and you stop doing all the talking, like, you know, for instance, when I'm around people that I would consider my mentors, I'm not doing most of the talking. You know the talking I'm doing? My talking is asking them questions that draw out wisdom. That's my talking. I ask them a question that draws out wisdom that changes my life. Because one statement from someone that's further along could literally change my life for the better. That's all I need. I'll fly across the country for that. I've done it before many times. I've flown around the world for that. To sit, get half an hour. I remember when I got the opportunity, I got to be with Oral Roberts six months before he died. I purchased a plane ticket and flew to the United States from New Zealand for 45 minutes of his time. How valuable is wisdom to you? I'm not trying to boast. I'm just telling you, this, thing's, this stuff's valuable. He said stuff to me that changed my life. To me, that's valuable. See, the thing is, is that we're so busy complaining about all these things that are wrong with our life and, and why things haven't gone well. Why don't you start actually looking at how things can become better by becoming more wise? Okay, now come with me, please. We're going to go to one that's going to maybe shake you up a little bit, which is awesome. Let, the tr- let truth confront you so much that it changes you. Well, I don't like that. That's not encouraging preaching. It should be the most encouraging preaching. What, did you want me to come here and flatter you? Tell you that you're great? Or did you want me to tell you that you could be better? James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Some of you are like, oh, I've heard this before. I got this class. I'm good. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by his good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Now stop right there. Remember how I just talked about how wisdom will embrace truth? If you have pride and ego, you are going to bite and scratch at the truth. Matter of fact, that's why the scriptures warns those that lead not to cast their pearls before swine. Because swine don't eat pearls. They eat people. That's a fact. Because if you throw something at someone that doesn't actually want to hear what you have to say, they're more than likely going to come after you. So there's certain people that I just, I'm going to watch this show until you need me. I'll be right here when you want me. I want to give you, I'm here to give you my life, but I can't give it to you before you want it. I'm just going to sit and watch. It's not that I'm being in any way spiteful. It's just that you won't let me. I'm not speaking from a pedestal. I'm speaking from someone who's poured into. And, and, and can I say this? Don't despise. Don't suppose to help anyone unless you're in a position of receiving yourself. There's a lot of people walking around with a lot of earthly wisdom these days. Be discerning of who speaks into your life. Anyways, let's carry on with that. I'm just dropping a lot of bombs right now. But if you have bitter envious and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Who is the truth? His name is Jesus. So when truth is trying to confront you, which comes from a place of wisdom, you're actually fighting Jesus. That's why when Jesus showed up to Paul, who was writing, actually Saul of Tarsus at that time, Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, why are you killing people? He said, why are you attacking me? You see that? You have to be very careful when God sends someone who's brave enough to confront you. Because no one has to. Sometimes it's actually very difficult to actually step out and take a huge risk. Say, I need to tell you something, and you might run out on me and walk away forever. But I love you so much not to leave you this way. That's your choice, whether you become a swine and try and kill somebody and attack Jesus in the process, or you become a wise person who loves wisdom. 
just might hurt a little bit, but you'll become better for it. Okay, so watch this. Verse 15, this wisdom, if you behave like this, if, if, if you're a person that actually is constantly trying to fight and bite people that are trying to help you, this wisdom does not descend from heaven, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. That's strong words. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every other evil thing are there. You know, I've counseled some people sometimes, and they have this self-seeking thing where really they're not really wanting to listen to wisdom. They just want to listen to their own voice. They want to be led by their own wisdom. They're some of the most confused people I've ever met. And when I get past the onion layers, I find that all kinds of hideous sins are in the background while they have a front of, I'm doing great in God. That's what the scripture tells you. Look, this is the only time that I think it talks about it on this strong of a level. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing is there. If you want to get free of sin, and if you want to get free of the confusion that's messing up your head, get into a place of covenant. Get into a place where someone can speak into your life and can, and can in love bring truth to you that causes wisdom to start to be established in your mind. Make sense? Okay, verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above, now watch this, here we're going to see a description of love. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality or preference, and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make, by those who make peace. Isn't that awesome? Two different camps here. The difference is wisdom. So we also know, in, um, if, you, if you're taking notes, in, in Proverbs chapter 14 to save time, Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12, there is a way that seems right at first, but the end finishes in destruction, or the end leads to destruction. There's another scripture that says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end leads to disaster or destruction. So the thing is here, guys, is that we actually need to change the way we operate and the way we live our lives. I would encourage you, to start going to God more on the stuff that you might not seem as, as significant and it's something that he's let you decide on. Like, for instance, most people probably, like that weekend that we've got coming up, most people probably thought, no, nah, I don't need that. Instead of saying, Lord, would you like me to be there? Right. See the two differences there? There's a difference. And let, let me say it like this. Slave, son. A son asks the father. A slave has their own opinion. They do things resentfully. See, this wisdom thing affects everything. Okay, so you guys ready? I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and wrap this up, but I want to go through the eight, eight points that I've put together on how to obtain wisdom. The first one, as we've already covered, which is in Proverbs 9, verse 10, if you're taking notes, and you can also find it in Psalms 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord, which is, if you don't know what the fear of the Lord is, if you've been raised in a scary church like I was, the fear of the Lord is the healthy, reverential respect of God's power. And from that place, seeing him as a family member, not an angry judge. Why would it be so popular in the world to believe that God's an angry judge. Well, wouldn't it make sense that the devil wants you afraid of your father? That's a lie. Jesus was never afraid of the father. Ever. 
even when he was dying and he was about to go to hell, he trusted God, his Father, with his spirit. Into your hands I commit my spirit. I trust you with everything. Total surrender. So the fear of the Lord is actually the beginning of wisdom, and by it you will depart from evil. Because when you actually trust God in the right perspective, you're going to actually start making the right decisions. No, I'm not going to hang out with those friends anymore because I actually know, if I'm really honest with myself, that they're going to take me down the wrong path. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to start dabbling with that. And I'm not going to, you know, play around with that drink or I'm not going to start like dabbling around with that girl or that guy because I know how powerful God is. And I respect him that he wants the best for me and I don't want to deface his creation. You see, it'll cause you to see it differently rather than I'm afraid of God. It's I respect God. And I love him and honor him and care for him so much that I want his opinion on what I decide. Does that make sense? So that's the first point, is the fear of the Lord. And if you notice there that the fear of the Lord is the beginning, it's not the sum of all wisdom. It's the beginning of all wisdom. It's the, it's the way you're going to get started. Second point, humility. You cannot receive the wisdom of God if you're proud. The Bible tells us very clearly that God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. He will empower you if you humble yourself. You can't learn anything if you are thinking that you are the sum of all knowledge. Pride will cause you not to hear God. Pride will cause you to be not open. It will cause your ego to be empowered. Pride is ego, really. It's a belief that you're actually more important than God, if you really want to boil it down. So the second one is, is, is humility. Humble yourself. So this is what I wrote. Humble yourself so that you can receive what you do not yet have by letting go of what you think you know. Humble yourself so that you can receive what you do not yet have by letting go of what you think you know. Does that make sense? We either trust God or we don't. That's, that's the reality here. Number three, consumption of the scripture. Getting this book and filling your being up with it. Because this here, wisdom... And for one of the things I did is that for years, and I still do, but for years particularly, I just read one psalm every day. Sorry, one proverb every day. Because here's the thing. Your mind is foolish. Naturally, all by itself, it will start veering towards making bad decisions. You notice, you remember, think back to times in your life where you've kind of wandered from God you just immediately go back to where you left off. True? Because you are degenerate in nature and it takes a daily filling of the Holy Spirit to actually keep you filled up with his presence that causes you to want to do right. When you're in his presence, you want what's right. Does that make sense? And so filling up, you know, like, look, I just opened the scripture to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, don't, don't turn that. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace they will add to your life. That is wisdom. That's really smart, apparently, God. Because that's going to cause God to get this belief system in you. Because too often we have a whole bunch of knowledge that we want to talk to each other, but we actually don't know this book. And this book's going to cause you to think straight. This book's going to tell you that putting a social activity over God is not okay. Because God's a jealous God and he wants all of you. Does that make sense? So when you start having this book, you're going to start getting wiser. Wiser really looks like you making decisions that are in agreement with God. By the way, just to touch off what I finished here about consuming the scripture, Romans 12 verse 1 and 2, it talks about, therefore do not be conformed to the world any longer, which is where we've come from, but be transformed by the renewing of the, of the word, by the washing of this thing right here. Get your brain washed. 
you need to be brainwashed by this. And that will cause you to think straight. Okay, so the next one is, uh, let's go back to Proverbs chapter 13 again. I think we're in 13. We've been all over Proverbs. Get all over Proverbs. If you haven't read it much, just start reading it. It's just literally full. Like, like honestly, people put more stock in looking at memes on Facebook, which are a stupid quote that make you giggle, than something that can transform your life. They're just full of statements and quotes that actually can like completely empower your life. Uh, chapter 13, verse 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise but the companion of fools will be destroyed. That's not a great outcome for the fool. You get destroyed. You hang out with idiots, you become an idiot. But if you hang out with wise people, you become wise. Can I tell you that for probably 15 years of my life, I hung out with people that were about 10 years older than me, and they were the people that actually poured into my life. Not all my peers. I still had fun with my peers, but I didn't look to them for wisdom because they're just as lost as you are. What makes you think that your peer is going to lead you? It's someone that's further down the road in God. It's someone that actually has had the depth of God poured into them and they can actually see straight. You don't, you know, if you're struggling with alcoholism, you don't go to your alcoholic buddy and say, hey man, I'm struggling. And he's like, yeah, cool, let's go down the bar and have a drink about it. Do you get what I'm saying? You go to someone that actually isn't bound by that and, you, and he's going to call you into freedom. And he's going to call you, and you can call him up at 12 at night saying, hey, man, I'm really struggling with that addiction or whatever that problem you might be experiencing. He's like, get over to my house right now. We're going, to, we're going to work through this. You get what I'm saying? Wisdom. If you hang out with the wise, you become wise. You know why? Because you start hearing them talking wisdom, and you start hearing it, and you start thinking, yeah, this makes sense. And, I, and, and, and let me say this a step further. That looks like you're actually seeing the fruit in their life. If you hear all the talk and their life's broken, don't follow them. Because they're just all full of textbook knowledge. They ain't living it. Okay. I like that. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Just good stuff. I mean, you can choose what you want. That's what the Bible says. If you're wise, you're wise for yourself. And if you scoff, you will bear the consequences alone. If you mock people that are trying to give you wisdom, you're, you're going to end up like with the pieces on the floor and no one's going to be there to console you. But if you're wise, you're doing it for your own benefit. Oh, this one I really like. Come with me, please, to James. Almost there. We're on number five. There's eight total. Where are we here? James chapter 1, verse 5. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. There's no class system in heaven. It's not just for the pastor or the guy speaking or the worship team or the, the dude that's at the floor at the front door or the people that are setting up. No, it's for every single person in this room. You just need to say, God, I feel like I'm real stupid sometimes and I make some terrible decisions. God, please give me wisdom. Please, God, I need your wisdom. I don't need my wisdom. My wisdom's not working out. My wisdom's not paying off that well. God, I need you to pour your wisdom. And just, you might not notice it at first. You might wake up the, not wake up the next morning and say, oh, I'm really smart now. That might not be the case. But, you know, I can tell you for me, I just prayed for years. And I still ask God, God, give me more wisdom. I need more wisdom. There's just certain things you should be asking God every day. You just need to figure out what they are for you and just keep asking God. Wisdom, I would recommend, because we all need wisdom. The wiser you get, the more successful you're going to be in every area of your life, whether secular or in the kingdom or just as a son or daughter of God. As a friend, as a spouse, as, a, as, a, as someone with your finance, you're just going to become wiser. When did wisdom ever hurt anybody? It just people don't like the cost of getting it. Okay. God gives to all liberally and without reproach. I like that. 
So you ask and it will be given to you. Okay, so that's number five. Verse, uh, number six, by listening and studying the ways of God. Over my life, with, in my, especially with my business career, I've had to engage a lot of lawyers to help me like write contracts or deal with rogue customers or deal with other companies or find out legal stuff, this, that, and the other, trademarks, patent, different things. And I've spent a whole bunch of money on lawyers, and I can tell you what that's bought me. I like to know what they're doing because I don't want to just keep writing out checks and handing checks across the table. So I'm actually watching what they're doing. I'm hearing how they talk. And over time, you begin to think a little bit like a lawyer. Does this make sense? Because I'm watching the way they, their language they use and how they write things. I'm watching the way they talk. I'm watching the way they think where they start to, they'll start to say, well, we need to structure it like this, but we need to be careful because if we leave this gap open here, the adversary might take advantage of it and create a loophole and take advantage of us. Does that make sense? So you start to think a little bit like a lawyer. Now I'm just talking about my business here. So in the same way that as you study God in in this book here, and as you walk things out and you submit yourself to God, God, should I do this or that? And you start to hear over time his responses. Hey, I'd like you to do this, and this is why. Or I'd like you to do this, and I'm not going to tell you why yet. And you start to see life play out. You begin to watch the ways of God, and you start to learn a little bit of how God thinks and operates. And studying and learning that over time causes you to start to think like God. Does that make sense? Now, he's infinite, so you're never going to get there, not even in heaven, but it's going to cause you to start to think more like that. Does that make sense? And there's certain things that you just start to realize, oh, God wouldn't do that because I've seen him do it many times and he doesn't do it that way. Number seven, be prepared to walk in wisdom. See, the interesting thing is a lot of people ask for wisdom, but then when God gives it, they're not prepared to actually live it because it costs too much. You need to be prepared to walk in wisdom when it's not convenient. Oh, that I don't really like the way that's going to feel. Well, maybe it's going to cause you to have to be disciplined finally. Maybe wisdom is actually going to actually tell you that you can't do that thing and now you're not socially acceptable in your group of friends. Maybe wisdom is going to tell you that you can't afford that thing. And you need to stop spending and racking up debt on your credit card. Maybe wisdom is going to tell you that, no, you shouldn't be flirting with that person on that online site. Maybe that person that you've got feelings for now, that wisdom is saying, no, 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 that's a disaster waiting to happen, is actually going to cause you to be a little heartbroken because you set your heart on something that God had no part in. See, wisdom is actually going to cost you. Because you see, the thing is, is that there is a way that seems right to a man, which means it's the attractive way that leads to destruction. Does this make sense? Wisdom is often Joseph storing up for seven years when everything looks great. Why would we be building an ark? We've never seen rain before. Do you get what I'm saying? Wisdom is going to cost you at some point, And if God's going to give it to you, you best be a good steward of it because if you are, he'll give you more. But if you're not, he's like, well, I'm throwing pearls as well. Does this make sense? Now, can I, can I, can I make a suggestion? Be careful who you disdain because actually God's watching the way you treat people when he uses them to bring wisdom to you. He's watching you. A lot of people are going to get to God, to God in heaven. They're going to say, God, why didn't you help me? And he's going to say, I did. I sent this person and they, you didn't like the package. You didn't like the way they delivered that message that I had them send to you. You actually made their life real difficult. 
you said a whole lot of bad things about them and that you, you were real horrible to them, but that was me. You see what I'm saying? And so we actually need to be real careful because God's actually looking at the way we treat wisdom in others. Always remember that wisdom that confronts you might not always be convenient. Now, wisdom is an amazing advisor too. Wisdom's going to empower you. It's going to give you strategies from heaven. It's going to give you stuff that's really exciting. But I'm kind of veering on the other stuff because the, 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 the exciting stuff where, you know, God sends wisdom to you that's like so exciting, that's easy to swallow. You're not going to need instruction on that. You need instruction on the stuff that's difficult to swallow. Does that make sense? Because that stuff's going to, you're going to, it's all going to work out naturally. It's like our kids. Like they, we didn't say, you know, Jonathan and Joel, now you're six months old. You guys should be crawling and this is how you do it. We didn't get down and do, they just did it. You see? Last one, intimacy with the king. The origin of wisdom, God. When you're intimate with him, when you're close with the king, you will start to hear this heartbeat and you'll start to want what he wants. And you'll start to want to guard his heart so that your decisions don't affect his heart. Does this make sense? I left this one to last on purpose because I want you to get this. When you're truly intimate with him, you're going to start to really want what matters to him. And you're going to start to realize that at times his wisdom is inconvenient, but you stop being ashamed of who God is. You stop being ashamed of maybe having to step out in something that goes against the flow or say things or do things that maybe don't make everyone else happy, but you actually just start to walk with God and his heartbeat becomes your heartbeat and you want to protect his dream. Does that make sense? See, like Bex and I, we got married like six years ago, six and a half years ago almost, huh? And when we got married, we were dating. It was awesome. But over the last six and a half years that we've been married, we've grown more similar. There's certain things that we both like now. There's certain things that she's introduced me to that I didn't know before and I really like and that's a really great way of doing it. There's certain things that I've introduced to her that she had never, like for instance, when she grew up, her family, when they cooked meat, they killed it. What I mean by that is they just like, not total burned it, but they cooked it right through. Whereas for me, I kind of like a little bit more kind of gourmet stuff and I like have it kind of still twitching, you know. I like it red and pink in the middle with nice char on the outside and then carve it up and it's all like, you know, all gourmet. That's just how I like it. She'd never had that before, really. Or fish either, right? Didn't eat much fish. But see, she got opened up to a world that I liked and it caused her life to be enriched. Does that make sense? Intimacy with God will cause your life to be opened up to his world where you start seeing things his way. And it comes naturally because you're in love. It's not because there's a classroom and you have to pass an exam. Does that make sense? Okay, so intimacy is the last point. So, so with that, I just want to wrap up and I just want to encourage you to pursue wisdom because wisdom will establish your life. It will cause you to have a success in what you do. It'll cause you to be established in the way that God has for you and it'll cause you to not be distracted and, 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 um, misled, offended. It'll cause you to actually walk out the plans and the purposes that God has for your life and it'll be far more enjoyable than if you tried to figure it out yourself. Wisdom looks like you releasing, like I preached last Sunday about surrender, it looks like you releasing your will and letting God's will take over. Amen? And in each system, in each instance, I want to encourage you to change your your MO, so to speak, the, the way that you operate, and actually start moving towards in every little thing, even if it might seem stupid. Start inviting God's opinion on everything. God, should I go to the beach today? God, should I stay home today? God, this is my day off. God, would you like to come for coffee with me? No, I want you to go and meet this person. You get what I'm saying? Oh God, like I've got this really difficult situation. What do I do? I've got this difficult thing at work or I have this real bad situation with my finances. What do I do, God? 
Because out of everyone that you could possibly tap, people like calling counselors and business coaches and life coaches, the person that you could talk to in the whole universe, God has the perfect answer for you. Wisdom. We just have to get into the habit of inviting him to counsel us and coach us through our lives. Amen.